Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of your favorite Ravens YouTube channel and podcast. Talking Ravens all day, every day with your host, Justin P. And my co-host, AJ Hanson. This is episode seven for the YouTube channel and for the audio version of season one, episode 12. You can listen to that on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Hardbeam, Podplot, uh, iHeartRadio. Basically, anywhere you get your podcast and music stuff from, just type in uh, Talking Ravens All Day Every Day Podcast, you know, list of available platforms. Uh, today, we got two very special guests, man. You know, uh, you know, these, I'm very honored to have these guys on. First, I'm going to start with uh, Coach Ivan Evans, the legend, you know, uh, Sip 2 Tallies. Go check him out, man. His um, his, his, part, his um, YouTube and his um, Twitter is in the description, so you'll definitely go check him out. He does awesome 22 breakdown film on the game and on the players, so definitely go give Coach a follow. He already got like 9,000 of them, so just that's I the, wish. That's the, that's the, that's the, that's the 10,000. And this guy, top, uh, Adam Albrecht, uh, he has an amazing Giants podcast called One Giants Podcast. <clears throat> Uh, he has a Twitter and a YouTube channel. The links are definitely in the description. So go check that out. Him and his um, podcast, Andy uh, Mekowitz. That's his name, right? That is correct. Yeah, the the, the sometimes late Andrew Mekowitz. <laughs> yeah, Andy Mekowitz. So yeah, I was on that show this morning, man. We, you know, we chopped it up. We had an amazing, uh, amazing talk, man. So I, I wanted him to come on and, and partake in festivities. And that guy at the bottom corner is my co-host, AJ Henson. You know, that's my dog. Uh, you know, that's my Robin to Batman. So... You know, he's always rocking with me. So go ahead, AJ, do your thing. Uh, first and foremost, I want to uh, thank you all for coming on here, taking the time out of your day to get on here with us uh, to talk football. I always want to thank JP, you know what I'm saying, for getting this together, allowing us to come on here. Uh, I want to shout out my boy Jeff Fort, uh, a new guy who, you know, uh, just started checking this out, JP, and been uh, giving me some insight and questions and all that. Uh, of course, Chris Wright and Brian Murray as well. So uh, I want to thank you all for checking us out as always. And please don't forget to like and subscribe uh, to the channel. There you go. Coach Evans, you want to say anything? Want to tell, tell people a little bit about Sip 2 Tallies who may not know about the channel? Sure, i do that. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And I know we have been trying to get together back and forth. And with with my not doing football this summer was kind of rough on me. So I kind of stuck to my own because I've, even though I'm good now, I was really pissed about not coaching this year. And that, that, that really didn't sit well with me. So I kind of bagged away from some social stuff. But now I'm good. Football season, fo- basically football season brought all that back, brought all my love back. But th- about my channel, um, it started off as a regular audio podcast, wanting to give the players in the local area a voice because the local newspaper was trash. And um, I, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Bosch Lombardi does the Dallas Cowboys all 22 and all this stuff. He's actually signed with Colin Kyle here or not. He played for me in high school. He was my center at one point. And so he kind of convinced me to maybe try it out and do it. And I did it one time and it was basically what I was doing with my kids, but for YouTube. And I liked it and, and it just then sp- spiral from there. I started finding other Ravens YouTubers and just seeing different people and incorporating what they did into what I do. And, and the funny thing is that I started doing this right when Lamar became the quarterback. Even though I've been a Ravens fan for a while, but I didn't start YouTube until like the start of that season. And it just so happened that he ended up being, you know, getting to the starting role. And when he went on that run, my followers took off. And I and I didn't come, I wasn't a Ravens fan because of Lamar. I didn't even like Lamar that much, you know, coming out of college. I knew he was a dynamic player. But his rise helped my my channel grow. And I just happened to be coming up as he was coming up. And here we are now. 
Perfect timing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they definitely check Coach out Monday night. Here's a whole Ravens roundtable with him, the guys from LBHT, uh, mm-hmm. OTR Mike, Christian Joker, and Hindu. He was on here Monday. Mm-hmm. So we'll check yeah. it out, man. Very, very good stuff. Uh, this gentleman up here, man, like I said, uh, Adam Albrecht, man, you know, he's a diehard Giants fan. His podcast is amazing. So, Adam, uh, tell everybody about what you got, what you and Andy got going on in one Giants podcast. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, a coach just mentioned it there. When the team does well, that that's how you start to really get some traction around this stuff. So we, we've been doing the uh, One Giant podcast for going on our third season now. Finally, Daniel Jones <laughs> may be trying to figure something out. Brian Dable clearly figuring something out. So we're starting to see some real support over on our YouTube channel there. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much fully inundated with sports. So I'm also a co-host on the Locked On Nets podcast covering the Brooklyn Nets. You can see that five days a week on YouTube, anywhere you get podcasts. Same thing for the Giants podcast as well. Uh, and I'm also a contributing member to what is currently the Dean Blundell Network, uh, where I'll be doing NBA-wide coverage, uh, some blogs there, also a podcast, Adam Up Sports on YouTube that's launching. So essentially, you can't get me to stop talking. That could be the gist of it there. But no, really appreciate it, man. Had a great conversation, obviously, this morning with you and Andy. Looking forward to getting the other side of this with the Ravens and um, and just seeing what kind of trouble we might be in for on Sunday. All right. Well, Coach, I'm going to go ahead and let you start, man. Yeah, you, you know, you're the very first guest, so I'm going to go ahead. Okay. As far as the preview of what to look for? Um, whatever, get into whatever you want, you know, whatever you want to talk about. Really, Saquon. Saquon is like the guy that I feel like we have to control, where as you saw a lot of two high stuff to try to control those receivers from the Bengals, I think you're going to get a heavy dose of one high stuff. I think Hamilton and whoever starts or plays the most of their free safety spot is going to be in a box a lot or around the box. And um, as long as we can kind of box in Saquon and don't get beat on the play action because it's going to happen because we're going to put a bunch of guys in the box. Or at least they're going to have their eyes on the box coming downhill because Saquon is, to me, he's, I can say he's the only weapon, but he's the only guy that's proven so far. Even though I know we got a couple of receivers and whatnot, and I don't mean to, you know, take a crap on any of them, but Saquon's name is so big that he has, he has to be your main focus. And I like what Mike did last week. He basically said he took a page out of Belichick's book. Um, I'm going to take what you do away best and then see how patient and and team oriented are you and the Bengals failed at it they could have ran the ball all day on us they chose to throw those receivers and play right into our hands all right good well said coach go ahead I'm Adam you can go ahead no no I mean I'll just clarify um you're not disrespectful there are no wide receivers on this Giants team right um there's an injury report just came out today from Dan Duggan, who covers the team from that aspect. You're not going to get any Kadarius Tony. He's not practicing. <clears throat> Wondell Robinson, limited practice today. So some chance maybe he gets involved. Green Bay game, you saw a little bit of a resurgence from Darius Slayton, fifth-round mm-hmm. wide receiver from a few years ago, finally gets himself back onto the field. Um, the interesting thing you mentioned was p- about patience because the Giants consistently – have been a team they've outscored opponents i think something around 72 to 39 in second half of ball games they've trailed at halftime in most of their games this season if not i think all of them so you know it's been a team that is patient and they do do a nice job adjusting especially on the offensive side of the ball but what i'm curious about is a wrinkle that we started to see a little bit more recently from a coaching coaching perspective how baltimore would react to because the last couple of games specifically this one against green bay Six targets for Saquon in the passing game, 36 yards, had a really big conversion in the fourth quarter to help keep that drive going. 
for the Giants. Mm -hmm. But a wrinkle that they started to introduce, a little more wildcat, where we started to see some Matt Breida, two running backs in the backfield, a little bit of Gary Brightwell. Does Baltimore defensively have the right scheme and the right players to say, we can go single high. We can put more guys in the box, but know that those guys can actually track mm -hmm. what we usually is more, right? More athleticism out of the backfield in the passing game, potentially. I, I think the passing game wise, say corner out of the backfield or any other backs out of the backfield, I think that's what Queen will come in at. He's doing a mm -hmm. decent job so far in man, and he's getting better at, at zone drops and, and principles and whatnot. But as far as the Wildcat, I can't say we have an answer to that yet. It depends on who's playing Mike. Because that mic cannot be caught on one of those down blocks. They're going to have to beat the down block. Because when you run Wildcats, you're either running QB sweep or some kind of power read or QB count. And so two of those plays, you got down blocks coming to the mic. And if Vines cannot get caught in the wash, you know, maybe he can get over there and make tackles. But if he get caught on a tackle, you're probably going to have some yards. Because then you're looking at us being in one high. So there's one less person on that third level to stop Saquon or Burrito, whoever it is running. And I'm hope what I'm hoping for, I don't want to get in the way of AJ or you, Justin, but I'm hoping that you guys could fall prey to what the Chicago Bears seemingly did not want to address, which was some naked bootleg action. My God, the Chicago Bears defense just thought, if you know, do it to us once, shame on us. Do it to us two, three, four, nine, twelve times a game. It turns out it's still shame on us. I don't anticipate that being the case for the Ravens. And I know that they've gotten better here the last couple of weeks on the defensive side of the ball. We talked with Justin earlier about the loss of Wink Martindale, what that looks like, and and just the team that ha you have the players. It just feels more like it's about are they executing with consistency. So it, it's a wrinkle that I'm optimistic about for the Giants. But honestly, it, it, I still come back to, especially when we think about Lamar Jackson and what the offense can do. Daniel Jones has to take the next step progressively here against the Ravens defense, like he showed he was capable of against Green Bay. Um, but some of this has been about timing for the Giants. They've caught teams in the right week, in the right moment, and they've been able to capitalize this. I, I have, I, I don't know if you can call it a trap. It's so weird to call it a trap game as a Giants guy. Like, yeah, we're four and one could be a trap game. Like we're, we're, we're in such, um, you know, tooth and nail battles every single week, but it feels like one where maybe Giants fans are going to go, right. We're, we're on the spectrum of competitive teams, but mm -hmm. there's a dynamic nature to the Ravens offense specifically that makes it really hard to hang with them. Go ahead, AJ. Oh, yeah. Like both of y'all said, uh, Saquon is the key. Um, you know, if you, if you take the key away, you can't open the door. Um, you know, just looking at the Giants overall offensively, uh, I'm not going to discount Daniel Jones running. I mean, um, we've seen what Josh Allen did to us uh, as far as running the ball. And uh, Queen letting him run past him, getting his eyes in the backfield and not paying attention. Same thing with Owe. Um, so looking at it, I feel like the if I, I'm not sure if Houston's playing this game was coming back. I haven't heard anything. I know he had the groin injury, um, but if he's playing, you got JPP, Owe, and uh, Houston, so we can get a little rotation going in there to help, uh, you know, Foss with the pass rush and just give uh, the linebackers a break. Me personally, um, I feel like uh, Malik Hurst needs to start this game. And the reason I say that is because he can actually get off blocks, you know, from a guard tackle and the interior as him being a middle linebacker to actually square up, you know what I'm saying? And go, go head on with Barkley. Mm -hmm. Queen, Queen is not able to do that. He tries to shoot the gap with his speed. He tries to, he can't get off blocks. He gets hung up and, you know, it just his tackling. He, his arms are not big enough to really wrap Saquon and hit him. He, you know, he got to catch him at an angle and try to either take his legs out I'll go under. Um, but 
far as that, I feel like defensively, if we can do that, I, you know, I feel like we'll be good. But I think Daniel Jones running, that's what's going to be surprised. Because, like I said, oh, wait, don't pay attention in the backfield. Um, or, or Queen, because Daniel Jones will take off on you now. You know, mm-hmm. he, he he's just like a Josh Allen. He can run. Right. Um, and he gets yards. He don't get like yeah. one, two, three yards. He gets yards, and he can run a read option. And I mean, he can run. He's a big guy too. Um, and for us interior linemen, um, I feel like Calais Campbell snaps need to decrease, and we need to see a little bit more of Travis Jones. Um, Calais is not what he once used to be, and. I'm not sure why on certain downs, mainly on third down, we keep him out there. I feel like you need younger, younger guys in there, some youth um, to help get the interior pass rush going on. Um, but with the Giants, they do have Wink. We all know what he did in Baltimore uh, on the flip side of that. Uh, and I believe he's going to bring his whole book. He's going to bring everything out there. And then you also got some ex-Ravens on that team. You got Justin, Justin Ellis, Jay Award. Yep. And you got uh, Tyree Phillips on the offensive mm-hmm. line over there. So, yeah. I mean, you know, they just not sitting over, the, the, you know, to make this a cakewalk. They're going to be talking, of course. They're going to be scheming, saying this, saying that. So my thing is, how does Roman actually game plan for this? Because Wink knows what's coming, mm-hmm. you know, and we, we all know what he's going to do. But my thing is, you can't be going out there running the same 10, 15 plays that you have been running. I feel like you need to switch it up. Um you know, and get some other people involved. Me, I feel like Kenyon Drake and J.K. Dobbins need to play this game. Mike Davis don't need to play. And he's been active, but he really hasn't been hitting the field like that. When he gets on, it's either he's just there for a distraction or he's really a blocker. Mm-hmm. Even he threw a key block, though. <laughs> One yeah. of the, like, I think he had maybe four or five snaps. He threw a key block on uh, Jet Sweet for DuVernay. I, um, I had a question for, for Adam. Yeah, He mentioned okay. – um, the Giants being adjusting and their pattern of adjustments in the second half. What when you said that that was a red flag to me because we're the exact opposite. <laughs> Instead of us getting better in the second half, we for some reason we get worse. Like we don't adjust. So that could that could be an issue, you know, because there's no doubt in my mind we're gonna come out on fire and maybe take a lead. The thing is, is when when Wink sees okay, this is what they want to do, and he makes his adjustment, how fast offensively do, do me do we make one? That's, yeah. that's, that's what I'm worried about. And it was one of the things, so even back in this Green Bay game, just as the example, and I, I look at it offensively. I mean, I think Wink Martindale has done a good job relative to, I know, slew of injuries last year for Baltimore's defense, obviously. But when, when he came in as the coordinator, we had the perception of, was well, a guy that's going to bring the blitz. And he is. But we've been really impressed with the fact that the Giants have had injuries. Rookie first-round draft pick, Kayvon Thibodeau, is just starting to get his legs underneath him. Now, second-year man, Aziz Ojolari. He may or may not make it in this one. They've been without Leonard Williams. The secondary's been a mess. You have a Dory Jackson now go down with a knee injury last game. He's found a way to say, who's my personnel? I'll find the effective way to go out there and impact the other team. Maybe got a little bit lucky against Green Bay where Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, for some reason, chose to throw the ball 39 times. I mean, that, that didn't hurt us by any stretch, but... The Giants were down 20 to 10 at the end of the first half against the Green Bay Packers. There's really no reason they're talented enough. Their defense is good enough. They've been, they struggled a little bit this year. There's no reason that the Giants should really be able to come back from it. And one of the big adjustments Kafka made was, and something I didn't want to see them do to start, they tried it. And that was the screen game. Saquon Barkley in the screen game, tried to get a couple wide receivers involved. Green Bay's defense is solid. The Ravens defense has enough speed and quickness. Those things were getting blown up. 
Saquon Barkley dropped one, almost had a turnover off of it. There were a lot of key sequences in the first quarter, quarter and a half, where you just said, boy, this needs to get cut out immediately. And you never saw it again. They went to shallow crossing routes. They started using Darius Slayton more. They found more effective ways, a couple of wildcat opportunities. They even used Daniel Bellinger, the rookie tight end, out of the wildcat, getting out in space on the right side with Daniel Jones in the end zone, down in the red zone. And a rookie tight end, I think it was a third round, third round pick, fourth round pick maybe, had the confidence from Dable and Mike Kafka to be in a pass run look as a wildcat tight end QB. And he made the right read, saw the defense was congesting the end zone, ran it forward, scored the touchdown. So there's been a good buy-in, and I think the confidence is there on the offensive side of the ball. And that's what affords it. Everyone is prepared for what could be an, an evolving game plan as the game moves along. And I think sometimes... You know, to say that the benefit of not necessarily having high-level talent at every position, the benefit is, is, is you're just looking for guys to execute, and, and that's what you're getting from the Giants is buy-in of what are you asking me to do? I can go do that, and they've done a pretty good job in practice getting second and third string guys reps because they've ended up needing them to actually play significant roles. Oh, man, well said. Uh, like I told you earlier, uh, Adam, it's going to come down to our receivers. Can they consistently get open versus man coverage? Because Wink is going to bring man coverage. Well, <laughs> so so re- I just want to throw this stat out to you because this is what I, I came across this, that Lamar Jackson and the Giants run man coverage at the fourth highest rate in the NFL. Lamar was a 95 in his rating through the first three weeks. And then the last two weeks, he was a five. Seven touchdowns, no picks. One touchdown, two picks. And then yards per attempt, 8.4 down to 3.8. So, I mean, what is happening with Lamar in that in those man coverage looks that they were able to do successfully early that now seemingly is going away? I'm telling you, from looking at my all-22 with uh, this last game, they were running man, and the only person getting open was Mark. So it's, again, the wide receiver group, which has plagued them in a lot of ways, right? Having enough talent with consistency to get separation and be a viable option. Because I couldn't see it during the TV broadcast, but when you get the all 22 and can see the whole picture at certain points, at point, you know when it's time to throw the ball at, when on his last step or whatever. And it's when he's at the, the top of his drop and it's time to turn the ball loose, nobody's open mm-hmm. other than Mark. Other yeah. Than Mark. yeah, yeah, like I said, um, like I said, Nova Rashad Bateman, he's been like our spark plug. Devin Duvernay is starting to get it going. So now you got to get guys like James Prochet and Tylen Wallace and now Andy Isabella when he gets caught up to speed. Them guys got to get involved. Demarcus Robinson, too. Savvy veteran won a Super Bowl. Where he has to spread the ball around. He can't just look for just one or two people. And that was the problem last year with Marquise Hollywood Brown. Like, he would force feed him the ball, like, I guess, to keep him going on Twitter and, you know, and talk. <laughs> so, you know, you got to spread it around because Demarcus, like, even the interception he threw, Demarcus Robinson was open. Just put it right in, just put it right in his chest. And then Tyler Wallace was open. He overshot him. Then Duvernay overshot him. So, it's just, it just those type of plays you can't miss. You <clears throat> be the difference between winning and losing the game. Yeah, I always talk about, and I think uh, it's a difference in philosophy from what I teach the younger guys and to what they do on that level. I have the younger guys read low to high. So, like, if you have a play action and your guy in the flats open, give it to him. I think Lamar or the Ravens are teaching it different. After that boot or whatever, that play action, they're looking for the, the bomb first, then trying to come back, which to me, you know, if that bomb's not there, then you give the, the other team time to react to the lower stuff. So now you end up with having nothing open. Yep. And not him running for his life. 
And it's funny because that's something that I think Daniel Jones under Dable has done a better job this year than years past. And it, it's been a mess. The coaching has been a mess for the Giants. But when he has those naked bootlegs, when he has those rollouts, those RPOs, it's trusting your read, right? Trusting your read and being decisive. In years past, one of the biggest problems that Jones was having was uh, first read, maybe second read, maybe back to my first read, and then throwing into tight windows and thinking, I'm going to throw where the route once was, and it's already taken off the plate, to your point. So it's almost funny to, to, to hear a little bit of, is Lamar or is the offense scheming in a way where they're saying – don't you know take the take the easy stuff right just take take what's there i mean sometimes the the hardest thing for really talented players i think this is what happened to aaron Rodgers last week it's like take the free yards they're just yep. sitting out there for you instead you want to make the big play you want to hit the home run and then you end up in a third and eight and we know yep. that defenses just get such an advantage when you can keep them in those longer distances yep. absolutely speaking speak, speak on that too i think it's uh chemistry uh with lamar um we all know, you know, when you watch the game, the to, to me, at least when I see it, do well, Bateman, he didn't play this last game, but looking at the field, Bateman and Andrews is on the field all the time, along with uh, Duvernay. Prochet just came back, and he's working his way back in there. Robinson is a veteran receiver. I mean, we, we you know what he's capable of, but I think it's, it's chemistry and just how we use these guys. For instance, and I pointed out the other day, Justin, we ran a play where we had three tight ends on the field, and all of them went out for passes, and I was like, what are we doing? Like we have wide receivers, but we don't use the wide receivers. And that's the thing. Like, like everybody says, we need wide receivers. We need wide receivers. But I'm like, why would we keep bringing in wide receivers and we don't even use the wide receivers that we have? True. True. Because if you, if you bring in a free agent guy or a big money guy, he going to want minimum 10 targets. Mm-hmm. And our top guy may get seven because Mark getting 12. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, and then Prochet may get two. Uh, Duvernay may get five. If he if Duvernay get more than than eight, it's, it's a plus. But it's just not enough targets because we run the ball so much. That's I mean, use um. It makes me think of the Arizona Cardinals right now. They're going to get back Nuke, but they get Hollywood Brown from you guys in the off season. Okay, he's getting the volume. Teams two and three, right? So you know it, it's all fine and well, but when you do bring in, as you mentioned, their coach, when you bring in the guy. Then he wants the ball, right? The, the Oakland, uh, the Oakland, the Vegas Raiders. Okay, that chemistry is there. They want to use him. Great. You're missing the playoffs. Like, you know, great. great. You paid him all the money. He'll have a great stat line at the end of the year, but it doesn't matter if you're not being productive, right? And then that's, I think, whether it's, you know, the cast of characters. And I think that, you know, for the Ravens, you have the quarterback. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I, I, I from, from afar, I always find myself coming back to, for as good as as I always looked at the Ravens and said, what a well-run organization, well-respected, always have great coaches. You know, they're always there, season in, season out. I still consistently feel like they don't know what to do with Lamar Jackson fully. I don't think that they fully know the best way to use him. I don't mean that he should be running the ball 40 times a game because I don't think that that's the best way to use him. But there are versions of running that offense that allows him to be the threat on every single snap and sometimes when I watch when I watch you know tape of him or I watch highlights of him, it's like they go between a very specific either use your legs a thousand percent or stay in the pocket, and then you get down to those scramble drills, and they can look good at the end because you get first downs, but you constrain him, and you mm-hmm. all and then it's like you take something off the table for the defense, and I'm hoping for it from the Giants' perspective, but, but I don't know. I mean, any, any of you could speak to that. It just it feels like they consistently are unsure if they know. Or if they have enough confidence, I, I this guy was an MVP. I don't know mm-hmm. what else Lamar. And I know this is probably a narrative you guys have had ad nauseum. 
what else could this guy prove that he is capable of doing everything you need him to do? Sometimes I feel like they restrict him a little bit. It um, as this old saying that people come in your lives for a season, and I think the when Roman and Lamar came together initially, it was what Lamar needed because he was not a polished thrower. He was a lot better runner than he was a thrower, and Roman's uh, scheme fit what Lamar needed to do for growth. Now I think Lamar has outgrown Roman, and the trigger just needs to be pulled to move on. Even though I think if we don't do something major in the playoffs, a deep run or even Super Bowl, I think Roman will get the boot because they, in my eyes, they gave him what he says he needs to be successful like with the, the tight ends and you know worked on the O line, uh, didn't really focus at receiver. So in my eyes, they I feel like they think they gave him what he needed to be successful. And if he's not successful this year, he he got to go. But then you're looking at personnel issues because you then you're not built like a team that needs oh, that will fit Lamar's skill set. Mm-hmm. That's true. You can go at AJ. Yeah, I, I believe it's and you know how we talk about this, JP. I always say Roman time is up. You know, to me, he he should have he should have been gone. Uh, and I say when we got rid of Wink, we got rid of the wrong guy. Or when we parted ways mutually with Wink, you know, we got rid of the wrong guy. But Roman's time is, I mean, the scheme is up. Um, and like I say, it, it comes down to personnel issues. Like, you know, when you look at this offense, Patrick Ricard stays on the field pretty much every snap. You know, I mean, he 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 plays, if you look at the snap count, I say at least 90% of the, the snaps in this offense. Okay, then you're looking at that. Mark Andrews stays on the field. Okay, he barely comes off the field. So my thing is we went out and we drafted two tight ends. So I'm like, okay, we, we could have got one. You still got Boyu and you got Oliver. Oliver is a special teams player. Okay, you, you're not using Nick Boyu. I don't know if he hurt. He suited up the last game. He didn't play. But we need a second-level blocker. They're not using him. So then uh, Charlie Cola, you know, he had the hernia um, situation. I'm not sure if they're going to activate him to come back this year. And – Far as I'm looking at it, they might try to trade Nick Boyle, if, you know, for what's going on. I don't know. But Roman's scheme is done. And the reason we don't use the wide receivers how we should is because, for one, the route tree overlaps. He doesn't know how to develop routes. When you look at our routes, everything is either up the seams, a crossing route. It's either going to be a mesh, throw it out to the flats, or we're going to do a, cur- a deep curl or short curl, and that's it. Those are the only routes that we run. We run slants here and there, fly routes every once in a while, unless it's to the tight end, you know, and uh, it just seems like everything is revolved around the tight end. Like I said, we have wide receivers, but if you're not using them, what's the point? Why Why on a third down, I got Patrick Ricard lining up in the slot, sending him in motion. You know what? Why, why can't I put a receiver right there? So I feel like it's coaching. I feel like it's, it's John Harbaugh. Uh, and I believe Roman is going to be gone. Whatever happens with this season, he should have been gone, but it's time to move on, you know, and, and, and to, you know, what you said, Adam, they are holding Lamar back. It's the, it's the scheme. It's like, you don't want him to develop. You want him to keep running this type of offense. And I mean, what are you going to do? Because now, like I said, we want receivers. It's it's, it's, it's not going to work. They're trying to get the discount. Well, yeah. Then then unleash him. Right. To say, 
which what are we talking about? Even I mean, even the discount price is still going to be astronomical. I mean, I, you know, listen, Cleveland Browns, as we talked about this morning, right? <laughs> right, Justin. I mean, Cleveland Browns ruined it for everybody. You know, you go you go and sign a contract like that for a guy that hasn't seen the field in how many years, and it just it, you know it sets a weird market. And not that Lamar shouldn't get paid. I'll be curious too because the Giants fans, uh, when Andy Isabella was finally released by the Cardinals, Giants fans said, "Oh, go get him because we're depleted. We need a guy." I don't, you know. From a Cardinal side of things, I talked to some people who said, well, they just wouldn't they just wouldn't use him. They wouldn't get him on the field. This is a guy that has 32 career catches. I don't I don't know why there's maybe that much excitement about him. But what mm-hmm. I will say is from a Lamar standpoint, like he looks like the kind of guy that you would want out there. When you're going to get outside the pocket, you're going to play on those edges. To your point, I, I don't need to see a tight end lining up in the slot. I don't need to see multiple tight ends on the field. I need guys that can read and react to my quarterback and give him options, right? And, and I think – as good as Andrews is, again, mm-hmm. he's good. He's one of the best tight ends in the game. But you're not thinking about him being a read and react, right? Come back to the ball, be shifty, be dynamic in space. A guy like Andy Isabella, like, I'll be interested if he gets up there on Sunday and even just for the remainder of this season, I think that that could maybe be one of the first times, too, that the, the Ravens offense, that the coaching staff can get reminded, this is what we need. Like you're, you want to mirror Lamar Jackson with the talent you put on the field. I liked Bateman coming out. I still like him as a receiver. You need one of those guys. But we had even said back in the offseason, the Giants should have been calling the Ravens and offering them Darius Slayton. Fifth-round pick, last year of his deal, probably not going to be part of the future. Nice go guy. Can get, the, you know, can get vertical, can take the top off. Showed this last week, can play over the middle a little bit. That's a pretty discounted receiver to serve the function you might need in an offense. And then go spend assets on, on guys that you really need, dynamic playmakers. You know, Kadarius Tony hasn't seen the field at all for the Giants, but he would be the kind of guy that you want to pair with Lamar. That's true, too. Like I said, uh, me personally, like I said, I agree with AJ and Coach, like Greg Roman. The expiration is, is done. Like, the, it worked in 2019, got the MVP. But the way how that playoff game ended against the Titans and against the Bills, it was just like, it's like trying to get trying to get somebody more evasive, more creative. Like uh, we got two guys on the staff already. We got uh, Keith Williams and T. Martin, two good offensive, um, you know, minded coach. So you can promote one of those guys and just it's just the offense just too condensed. Like you said, you got the fullback playing in the slide, you go three tight ends. Like you know, like you gotta you gotta use your receivers, and then we got to do a better job of surrounding them all with the weapons. Like see how the Bills wouldn't got Josh Allen. See how uh, you know the the Vikings drafted Justin Jefferson. The Eagles traded for uh, A.J. Brown, drafted Devontae Smith. Like, they doubled down. Like, we got to get him a more proven guy. Like, I like the receivers we got, but they don't scare anybody. Outside of Bateman, everybody else don't scare anybody. They don't put, they don't strike fear into the opposing defensive coordinator. So, we definitely got to do a better job of that and get him more proven. Tell like, D.J. Moore is available on the trading block, so they say. I don't know. No one knows official. You can make a, a play for him or Robbie Anderson or go somewhere else to a team that might not be competing and try to pluck a receiver. But we definitely have to give him more. Hey, I'd make a play for Christian McCaffrey if I was you guys talking about <laughs> the Panthers being ready, you know, whatever. They already paid the bulk of that salary this year. Like, that was the other thing I just find interesting about the Ravens from afar. It's you have a lot of talented running backs, but mm-hmm. not, you wouldn't and that injuries have hurt them in a lot of ways. But they seem like they were more invested in that position as opposed mm-hmm. to being invested in the wide receiver room, too. True, true. That true. would be a good move, Adam. But you know, like I said, with Christian McCaffrey's injury history, so we don't know from a player aspect, it would be phenomenal because he can catch, run, and him. Oh and yeah, 
know, it's just the durability issue. So that's just like DJ Moore hasn't been hurt. So that's why I said you. you I'm trying hurt. to be. I'm trying to be helpful, but also maybe giving you guys a potential <laughs> issue. I'm not. I'm not here just to help the Ravens find a way to win this ball game. But no, it's gonna. Be, it should be an interesting one on Sunday for sure. Though um, there's still more than enough for the Ravens to be able to. Again, in a lot of ways, like these teams aren't terribly dissimilar. No one is ever going to squint and think they're watching Lamar Jackson for the Giants when they see Daniel Jones run, right, or scramble out of the pocket. But mobile quarterbacks, guys that you want to take away some of the risk in their throws potentially, use their strengths, their legs. You know, the Giants have, I think, the X factor in Saquon Barkley like we talked about. And in, th in that regard, it's, it's Saquon Barkley and what he accomplishes versus Lamar Jackson and what he accomplishes, right? You have two superstars, one on each side. It's just who's able to kind of execute more efficiently uh, when it comes to Sunday. You talked about, uh, I think Justin talked about, mm -mm, we don't have receivers that scare anybody. The funny thing is, we don't have anybody that scares anybody but Lamar. Yep. And the fact that 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 the the our front office knows that they knows he technically is the ultimate weapon, that they don't really try to go get sidekicks. They don't try to go get Robbins. They don't try to go get like his neck, his right hand man. They they just grab the workers up and. Try to get them in there. They don't go get another superstar to go with it. What is like? What is the Ravens' goal? Like, what would their goal be here? And not like in slow playing Lamar and getting him like real elite weapons, like you said. So you what? You want to get a slight discount on his contract and then go get him the weapons? Like it just seems it just seems so counterintuitive. I'm sorry. I know this is like a sidetrack topic, but no, I've had me. They should have done that before it was time to pay him. Yeah, I mean that's the whole point. Yeah. It's on the rookie, like on the on, when it doesn't cost you as much, you should be mm -hmm. maximizing the value of. And I've just I've argued with people that have said they, I've had people that have said they don't like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. And I, when this was all happening in the offseason, I said, listen, man, I don't know what it looks like, but if there's a world where the apparently the Ravens aren't sold on Lamar, I think that Joe Shane should move heaven and earth to go get him. Like I, this, he's one of three quarterbacks that can do the things that he does in the league and maybe a, an individual talent in terms of generational ability. I just, it, it confounds me that, that people don't look at him and see him capable of being quote unquote on the level of a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen. Right. I think again, to you, you guys mentioned it, those organizations made these moves the last few years that just put them beyond the Baltimore Ravens by, by you know, some key margins. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I will say this, EDC has, you know, has tried to reach out to certain players to get them to come. They just didn't ink, you know. So I'm not going to say he hasn't tried, but we haven't – either you're not putting enough money out there, you didn't tell him, but we do need a, we do need some weapons to help him at receiver. And not only that, though, when I, I say this all the time, like Wink right now, he's not preparing for the Ravens. He's preparing for Lamar. He don't care about what the Ravens doing. Every team looks at number eight. We don't care about your formations or none of that. When we watch film, I say it's only two people they always look at. And even the commentators say we watch it for Patrick Ricard to see where he motions at because that's where the ball going. And we watch it for Lamar. When it comes to the formation, I don't care about none of that. Watch out for number eight. If you stop number eight, it's over. I mean, and we know that. But it's sad that they won't invest in him because, like you know, like, like I said, Bills when they got Diggs, you know, Eagles when they got Brown. Um, and, and here's the thing with us: we had a chance to draft um, um, Brown. We had a chance to get Debo Samuel, Terry McCall, all those guys, but we went and got Hollywood Brown. Now, I'm not saying it was the best pick. I'm not saying it was the worst pick, but to have a DK over Hollywood, I mean, to me, I would take it. You know, to have Brown over Hollywood, I would take it. Debo Samuel, I mean, we we had a chance to get all of that. But, you know, it, it 
I, I'm not sure what they want to do, but uh, the time time is ticking, and we know he's gonna have to get paid. You know, either you're gonna pay him, or okay, if you don't want to pay, somebody else will. That's just how it's gonna boil down to it. AJ, here, you give you a scary story real quick. You mentioned DK and AJ Brown, right? Imagine a high school coach having to face both of them in the same year on top of Jeffrey Simmons. Mm. Had, to, had to deal with all three of them. I'll just retire. In the I'll same retire. year. I'll retire. I'll be back next I'll come back next year. I'll come back when these guys, we, when we, these actually guys had, we actually had a guy that made it to the NFL from our team too, but he's he's a backup with the Packers. But having to deal with those three guys in the same year was it was tough. Yeah. And, and that credit, is tough. The credit what AJ said, even in 2018, you had DJ Moore, you had Kelvin Ridley. You pass on those guys, you mm-hmm. take Hayden Hurst, nothing against Hayden Hurst, but it's like, why not take one of those bona fide receivers? And you took a tight end in the third round, which now is Mark Andrews, and mm-hmm. end up being back. So we just got to do a better job of just, you know, getting getting more bang for our buck in the first round. Stop yeah. going with the safe player and get the, get the game changer. Even my MCM, George Pickens. That's right. Yeah, he's, yeah. He was right there. Yeah. He was available in the second round. But I know his attitude and his – in his, in his, in his, in his, it scares him. Yeah, and and then he got in a little bit of trouble. So they, you know, they they want the good old Christian kid that goes to church on Sunday and read the Bible. They don't want nobody to go out and get drunk and still come to practice. <laughs> and I don't old. love, I I don't love the you know the character issue. Sometimes they bring up a draft because it, it can it can mean so many different things. Mm-hmm. And then also the Giants experienced this with DeAndre Baker a handful of years ago um, when it was Dave Gettleman as the GM, and then like. It's so funny when they drafted Kadarius. Like the perfect dynamic is last year they draft Kadarius Tony in the first round, and it seemed like maybe there was some teams like the Jaguars wanted to come up to specifically get him. Might have preferred that. I have nothing wrong with him, but the contrast of this year with Kayvon Thibodeau, who seems to have all the personality and everything else, but he's there, he's dedicated, etc. When you see a guy like Kadarius, who you know is so dynamic and shows it off in his little tiny glimpses, and now has double hamstring injuries. He has, he has, this is two hamstring injuries in each one of his hamstrings on top of another one, a separate one that he already had this year. Actually, I'll ask you this, Coach, because I think I, I, I always say this, and I could be incorrect. I'm not saying it's 100% of the time. But typically, when it comes to hamstrings and repeated injuries, I've always associated that with preparation, mm-hmm. with, with, your, with preparing during the week, stretching, conditioning, being ready to play the game. And that's why I think right now Kadarius Tony is having a hard time getting on the field, not just because he maybe does have hamstring injuries, but because the coaching staff is not loving the fact that he's basically saying, if I can just get to Sunday, I'll be ready to play. That may work for you know year 10 wide receivers. That can work right. for Nuke. It can work for Adams. It doesn't work for a second-year wide receiver under a new regime mm-hmm. who is dynamic, but you need some buy-in. And probably been used to just getting to Friday or Saturday. And with those oh, yeah. hamstring things, it, that – it's, it's probably weak quads, and weak quads means squat days. And Saquon's on the team. There couldn't be a better example of strong quads. It's just it's such a <laughs> it's a bad it's a bad dynamic. I'm telling you. Don't you guys call them Saquon or something like that? We they, people people wanted to do that, and some fans still do. Um, but they brought that up to him like I think his rookie year because he looked mm-hmm. like a freak since he entered the league, and he he didn't he didn't love it. Like he was like I don't you know I don't know if I need that. I, I've heard like a lot of the teammates. They'll be like, how do you, you know, how do you put on your pants? You know, do you just, you're constantly tearing through them. Someone will ask if they could borrow one leg to make a full suit for themselves. Like all kinds of stuff like that. Um, so I think he's taking some pride in that. But yeah, he I, he did not appreciate it. I was like, I don't know how you couldn't. They're, 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 I think we, we looked up his measurements one time. 
one of, at the thickest point of his leg, one of his calf muscles is as wide as my entire body. And I just, I was like, I couldn't even fathom the idea of being in between him and some place that he wanted that he wanted to get to. But yeah, right. that brings up AJ point. Who's gonna tackle? And when he was, we were talking about, I think he was talking about Queen then. And I wrote down a little note right here. It says, "Who can tackle in one on one?" You know, one thing I'll tell you, coming into this year, he focused a lot, obviously, in the off season about being healthy, getting himself, you know, back in back in playing shape. Um, but one consistent criticism I had of him was you know, this, this East, East and South, right. And, and listen, the offensive line play has been terrible, but he'd have this mentality of, if I could, if I could shuffle 20 yards to the right to get four yards North and South, that might be worth it. Cause there's a home run possibility this year. He's been much more North and South. He's finding his lane, putting his foot in the ground and really exploding. And then when he's getting to the second level, that's where you're seeing the shiftiness. He, he left somebody's ankles out there in London on the field last mm-hmm. week off of that passing play. So he, he's taken a different approach. He's, he's put his head down and laid some wood on some defenders here. So it does make a difference in terms of what it looks like stacking the box, you know, getting guys inside of there. And then if you're talking about putting safeties, you know, cornerbacks trying to make plays on him, there's a real advantage there, obviously, for Saquon. Yeah, my thing is like the piggyback of AJ Costa. Uh, we might guys go with Malik Harrison, uh, like 6'3, 250 pound, uh, uh, you know, big linebacker that can meet in the hole. Like he was real pivotal in the Titans playoff game. The one when we went to Tennessee and held mm-hmm. Derek Henry for 50 yards, he played a big part in that because he was able to meet Derek Henry in the hole and take him on because he's the same exact size as him. So you need linebackers that bring physicality to stop Saquon possibly. Like I love Patrick Queen, but. He's not the best finisher as far as wrapping up and finish tackling. Like he always miss, he's always there, but it's just like he always just missed a play by a split of a hand, like the interceptions he dropped. He caught one last week. I guess Joe Burrow looked out for him because you know they were kind of, <laughs> he literally threw a three ball. Yeah, he we definitely got to bring Saquon to the ground. Go ahead, coach. I can't can't let you keep slandering my guy like that too much. I got to take up for him. I got to take up for him. It's it, the thing is is. And I always say that his his best attribute is his worst attribute. He's too darn fast. Yeah. He don't like like you like all those missed tackles. He's there, but he's not in in a tackling form because he's so fast. He don't he don't get the breakdown. He don't go near arm near shoulder because he's running so fast and he and any little uh uh-uh, uh and somebody's buying or if they just like don't run through this arm tackle like I think AJ mentioned about his arms being short or whatever that same thing. He just got to slow down and. And I hate to use a Madden term, but he got a scrape. Then tackle. He got to hit the scrape button, square up, then tackle. Because you're not going to blow up everybody. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for that hit that, that somebody might see him at the last minute and the whole crowd be like, ooh, that's what he looked for. And he missed too much for that. He missed too much. But he's better at being in the right spot. He just don't finish. But I, I don't think that is his his worst. At, I think it's gotten better. I think because he used to not even be in the right spot. He used to just like be in the hole and in the A gap and in the run in the C gap and just not just get caught in the wash, so to speak. Now he's, he's gotten better each year. And to me, for a guy that takes up for him this year, there is no excuse for him not to put the whole thing together. And it's not, it's not a finished product yet. He's not the linebacker we want him to be yet. But I think the only thing he's missing right now is finishing those tackles. Cause he, he, he gets to where he's supposed to be. He, he does a darn good job of covering backs and man, you know, out the backfield now because that used to be another thing we had, we had to t- last year we took him out the field on passing downs and left Bynes out there so he's at least staying out there now and he can cover the back he's uh as you've seen from the the last game he's getting better in his drops instead of just dropping to grass he's 
looking around to see what's going on. And um, he just got to finish. If he clean up that tackling, we I think we got a pro bowler. If he, if he clean up the tackle. But playing linebacker, like you said, tackling is a big part of it. I think he's gotten all the other nuances of the position down. And I think Mike Linebacker, which they put him at that first, was not is not for him. That's that's Malik. That's Malik's deal. Like you said, when I watched the tape on Malik in, in Ohio State, any running back came through any hole, Malik was knocking their head off. So Malik needs to whatever he need to get in gear and take Bynes back. Then let Queen be that off ball guy to run around, move Chuck in there. You know when they do the nickel stuff, then you got Hamilton to kind of do some nickel stuff too because he don't need to be in too much space by himself. So Queen is he's better. Take take instance the the play where he shot the gap versus um. I think somebody he missed the tackle in the backfield. Y'all remember that play? The thing is, he had to take it for Oway. Because Oway allowed number six, McKenzie, to block him down. He allowed McKenzie at 5'5, five, five, 175 pounds to line him up inside and push him in the Queen's gap. So Queen had to switch gaps with him, and that kind of messed the whole play up. But then I did see that last week that somebody else, they had a bigger receiver try to block Oway down, and Oway basically ran through his chest. So all of them, I think, are getting better. It's just it ain't a finished product yet. But as long as we're going this way, I'm cool with with the, the little mistakes, as long as they're being correct, as long as they're not making the same one over and over. And if we can peak in week 13, 14, 15, I'm good with that because looking at looking at the schedule, we should be able to to, to make a run and, and be like something in one or something in two and get a good playoff. Because right now we're in first place, even though it don't feel like it. Yeah, go ahead, AJ. Um, like I said, you you know how I feel about Malik Harrison. I, I, to me, I think he's the hardest hitter on the team. That's no question. Um, and as a linebacker, um, I think I can't come down to coaching because Bands is he has flashes and Bands is playing good. But I think Malik does need his time, and I think what really crushed him last year is when he got shot in the uh, when he got shot in the calf, and that just mm-hmm. after that happened, they just they just got away from him. They never yeah. really went back to him, and they just. They just roll with Bands and Queen, but Malik needs to be out there because when it comes to the run game, especially our run defense would, that we just played with the Bengals, I mean, they weren't doing too good. You seen them in the game when they would start running the ball. They put Malik in there. Uh, we need you to stop this run. Go up there and go hit. Um, as for Queen, Queen still got a lot to prove to me. If I was like, just when it comes to football, T- to me, Queen to me is, and I'll say this, he's a. He has speed, but he's more like a he's an overweight safety. I'll say that at linebacker, like he plays like he's like an overweight safety at linebacker. He has speed, one on one in the hole, he's not he's not going to make that tackle. For one, he gets hung up on the block. He he can't get off. I don't know what it is. I don't know if he doesn't know how to push back or he can't shed the block or. But he gets hung up a lot. I'm not sure what the deal is with that. And you going on this is year three, man. You should be able to shed a block. From a center or a guard. Now, when you talk about speed on the outside and just running sideline to sideline, he can do that, but he's not finishing the play doing that. I mean, it looked good, but can you finish the play? Like Jamar Chase with this past game, Queen had him did the right. He ran down and just, it's like he slid. Like he was, you know, I'm like, yo, why didn't you tackle him? And he got about six, seven yards right down the pass. No, so, name me a linebacker that wheel, though, on Jamar Chase. Out there, he right there on the sideline. You just got to hit him out of bounds. He, he, Queen was right there. Name me, me a linebacker that will Jamar. You talking about Jamar Chase now? Name on me, the sideline, yeah, on, on the, the sideline. All you got to do is just tap him. Yeah, 
Sideline is your friend. I agree, sideline is your friend. I just don't think it was that close. If you if you if you push him to the white, to the white, white's definitely your friend. Your white's definitely your friend. But I'm just saying, push him to the white. That's considered a tackle. If it's the, because I got a certain play in my head, and we may be talking about two separate ones, but the one was it a screen? The one you're talking about. It might have been a screen. It might have been a screen. It was on the left side. He threw it to the left side. It might have been the screen. And because I know he he made I mean he made one tackle because he made uh, somebody else miss and Queen cleaned him up so that's probably not the same one you're talking about right? Nah, 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 nah. Okay, because he because he, 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 he had went down, but but I'm saying even if I'm not saying you got to tackle him to the dirt if you push him to the sideline even if he get a toe out that's a tackle right there. Yeah, I, and, agree. I agree. I'm just you know, thinking, but, about, I think but, I was thinking about a different play. That's all. But it's a, it's a, to me it's just a lot. Queen still got to work on, and I ain't the only one who feel that way. You know what I'm saying? Well, I I get, and I get I get Queen a I get Queen a hard time, not because, and I think we kind of spoil you. We look for him to be like C.J. Mosley or Ray Lewis. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for consistent play, meaning I'm looking to see, okay, Queen, I need you to go make this tackle, get off this block, stop getting hung up. And when you and when you watch him, Queen could be in the right spot to make the play, but his like you say, his speed is his greatest asset, but also his worst enemy. Because he'll shoot the gap and the guy go past him, or he'll get hung up on the block and he'll get taken out of the play when you was already there to make the play. Um, so I feel like uh, you know it's, it's stuff he can work on. It's not he can fix it, but mm-hmm. I mean going forward that clock is ticking. It's ticking right now because you're in your third year. You're going on your fourth year, and then they got your fifth round option. And, and here's the thing: when Queen is playing bad, you got Malik, you got Baz, and then we just got AJ Klein. EDC no. If I sit Queen, you can't go back to him now. Yep. That's a good you, point. You cannot go back to him. If you sit Queen on that bench, you cannot go back to him. You want to know why? Because eventually everybody's going to say Queen is a bust. You cannot mm-hmm. go back to him. So now what you going to do? So that's why they leaving him out there. He has to keep playing because they can't. They Where else you going to go? I mean, you can put Malik Harrison in there. Um, you know, but Baz is on. Then you got A.J. Klein. But eventually we got to draft another linebacker. Definitely another um, interior guy because Campbell is, to me, is, you know, I said it the other day, JP, you know, I feel like Campbell, to me, is done. Um, I, 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 I believe. Is on the team, though. I think your future Mike linebacker is on the team already. You talking about, Ro- talking about Ross? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, he, he hey, here's the thing. Ross is fast, too. And you know what separates him from Queen? Ross, he's fast, but he makes the tackle. That's why, he I, think knows how to, that's why I think he's your next Mike. He he knows he, he knows how to come up make the tackle. When teams run stuff side to side and we do fit it up and we have like the mic left to make the tackle, the guy that's in there can't get there, uh, and that's Bynes. It's like everybody else will be in that gap and they'll they'll try to funnel it to Bynes. And not that he does anything wrong, he just don't have the foot speed to get there. And guys yeah, run he, past. Yeah, he he he. That, that's what I'm saying. I don't know why they won't let Malik Harrison play. And they went out and got AJ Klein. So I feel like is he going to play this week? You know, is but like I said, to me, Malik Harrison needs to start this game. And even on goal line sets, you know, say we get down to the goal line, I feel like you got to take Queen out. I need I need some heavy hitters in it. You're going to get, like, say, Quan, you're going to get some running back like that. I need Christian Welch and Malik Harrison in that middle linebacker, some guys who I know can see over the lineman when the ball is snapped, and they could push a center or guard out the way and go in there and at least try to make a tackle. Yeah, and um, Adam, uh... That's a dude's couple breakdowns. Like you, the, you guys, you know, drafted offensive lineman Andrew Thomas uh, year, uh, year before, and you guys just took uh, Evan Neal. 
Evidently on the right side, yeah. Yeah, Alabama. So give us the matchups. How do you think your offensive line is going to fare against our front seven? Yeah, I mean, Andrew Thomas is arguably the best left tackle in the game. I, you know, and we had our reservations because his rookie season was was not pretty. But in the same way, Evan Neal came out this year and he's better in run than he is in pass protection. So that's the first thing that we're watching for is is how is he reacting? Because because we end up seeing a lot for him is he's trying to anticipate as opposed to react to what the defense is bringing to him. And as soon as you try to anticipate and take that first step to the outside, you know, you're off balance. You're getting beat on the inside in run blocking. He's done a nice job. Um, Andrew Thomas from rookie to sophomore year. Now in his third year, looks very confident, very comfortable on the interior of the offensive line. It's a little bit tricky because right now we're running Feliciano brought over from the Buffalo bills. You guys actually stole uh, AJ Klein off our practice squad. We picked him up, <laughs> threw him yeah. on the practice squad before we can get him to the roster. You guys sign him. That's the desperation that the linebacking course for both these teams are apparently going through right now. Um, but the inside, you have, you have Feliciano at the center position. Uh, Bredesen's been rotating at left guard. He's Another gotten Raven. better. Yeah, yeah, well, well, listen, we, we look around the league. We see what we like. You know, we're grocery shopping out there. Um, but he was actually originally it was supposed to be Shane Lemieux, fifth-round pick from the previous regi- regime. He had an injury last season. He got injured again this year. He may come back somewhere uh, at the end of October. Bredesen's kind of rounded himself into form. They went out and signed Glowinski, who had played last year with the Colts. He's been a pretty big disappointment to me just because it the Giants didn't have any money to spend, but they gave him $7 million a year. He's been um, good in run protection. He's been a disaster in pass blocking. Almost everybody on the offensive line outside of Andrew Thomas has real pass blocking issues, and that's why it's so hard to evaluate Daniel Jones on a game-to-game basis. Rep to rep, you don't know if these guys are going to hold it together or if someone's just going to leak like a sieve. So. You know, how the Ravens choose to approach attacking Daniel Jones is going to matter. You start to talk about these guys that are over-pursuing sometimes from that linebacker role. They could be the key player that needs to get Daniel Jones when he rolls out of the pocket, or if it's Saquon Barkley. I'll be interested to see, because plugging those gaps, the Giants do a great job in run, in run blocking, do a great job pulling, do a great job getting guys to the second level. Um, the tight ends are okay, in the, in the blocking game, they contribute. One of the big losses for the Giants just from a wide receiver room, Sterling Shepard goes down earlier this year. He is a phenomenal blocking wide receiver. Kenny Galladay, the shell, the ghost of Kenny Galladay, still a big enough body to do some blocking. Now you're left with a lot of scraps. Darius Slayton can do a decent job. Richie James is too small. David Sills is a practice squad wide receiver that's been starting for us this year. So there's a lot of issues in terms of the consistency in those, in those ways. And that's why I'll be interested how the Giants start out and run blocking ahead of Saquon Barkley. And if they try to utilize a little bit more, maybe some pitch plays, get him out to the edge, get him in space as quickly as possible to mitigate a little bit of inside speed and pressure from the defensive front for the Ravens. But, um, you know, we, we, we have holes. We have issues. That's why Giants being 4-1 is, is surprising and, and pleasant. But when you go back and watch the games, I always say, you know, for the last decade, that's not even a joke. For the last decade, the Giants primarily, every bad bounce, every mistake always was going the wrong way. There's been fumbles on special teams, bounce back to the Giants, right? There's been a ball that got tipped, doesn't get intercepted, right? Like those little things have gone the Giants' way, and that's helped them a lot. But I, I like what they can do in front of Saquon Barkley, obviously. He's having, he could have a better year than he did in his rookie season. So that aspect is strong. It's just about can they have to find one or two home run hits in the running game or in the passing game with Saquon. That's happened every single week with consistency. And AJ, you were talking about the mobility early of Daniel Jones. One of the things that I wonder about Lamar in this facet too, 
you go back two weeks, Daniel Jones had the best uh, QBR of his career, 92.3. Now, he also ran the ball for 67, 70 yards on 10 attempts. This past week, 74-point-something QBR, ran the ball 3.7 yards per carry, 10 for 37 yards, but did it with his arm. The balance is what matters. Like that's, that's the difference of me looking at a quarterback and saying, you helped lead this team to a game-winning you know, play, a game-winning drive, as opposed to saying, you're, you're, not, you're not a negative, but you're just a part of the process. So last week was the first time where I thought Daniel Jones lifted as much as Saquon did to help him get the win. That's what I'm curious about. Because then you become a dangerous team. Then we can beat the Ravens on Sunday. But if it's going to be just the Saquon Barkley show, the league, as we know, show it to me once, show it to me twice. Eventually, we're just going to throw everybody we have at you and say, throw a deep ball. Show me you can throw the ball 40 yards downfield for a touchdown because he'll be wide open, right? And the Giants haven't pushed that envelope yet that much this season. JP, um, listening to him run down their wide receiving core, did you ever think (laughs) – the guys in purple and black would be a better group at the wide receiver court. Than the guys <laughs> oh, he named. You guys got pro bowlers over there right now. Compared <laughs> when, to he, what we're doing. when he was naming those guys, I'm like, no, we better in that position. Who's that guy? Right, Marcus Johnson was elevated and caught three balls last week, and they were critical catches for a guy that was off the street. Kadarius Tony injured with the hamstrings. Uh, they're, they're, they took uh, Wandell Robinson in the draft. I I thought as the replacement in a new regime for Kadarius Tony in another year from now. He injures his caught his first pass on I think the second play of the game week one knee injury haven't seen him since so that's been kind of the state of the Giants wide receiving core. All right, coach. So I, 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 oh, go ahead. Go ahead, coach. Um, break down our front seven versus the Giants offensive line. Do we? Do, where do you see uh, us having success at? Um, AJ was mentioned earlier about Malik, and I think with uh, Bowser, and I don't know if they're going to play Bowser and Jumbo. But when they get back into the fold, I think we can start to put Malik back at his natural position, back in the middle, and maybe not play Bynes as much. Because right now Malik is playing some of that that outside linebacker role, that edge role, because we were thin at that spot. But I think with with definitely Bowser, you can start to see Malik move to the middle and maybe even take over that role from Bynes. Or, in, like you said, closer in short yards to goal line, have Bynes and, um, and Malik out there. Um, as far as the whole front seven, Travis Jones needs to show up. Matabike has probably been the most consistent one as far as pass rush and uh, playing the run. Uh, Urban flashed a player or two, but he's not really a factor. It's 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 got to find a way to conserve Calais. Calais is too old to be playing that many snaps. He, he's you know he's a vet. He's earned his keep, and he is still a force. But he's not a force for forty to sixty plays. He's a force at thirty plays max. You know, mostly situational. Like when it's when it's when it's nut cutting time, that's when Calais need to be out there. You don't need to be out there to, like first, second, and third down every position until he dog tired. And then once he gets dog tired, he stands straight up, and anybody can block him then. Yeah. Anybody. But we just got to get a good rotation of guys in there. Um, I'm missing the name. Roger Washington. They all got to hold their own to help out to help out um, Malik to help out Bynes. To help out Queen because if they can occupy, they're not occupying double teams. If they can occupy double teams, no matter what linebackers out there, they can run free and at least be in the area to make the tackle. But with them allowing um, old linemen to get to second level, it's tough for any linebacker. To, now you're looking for your safety to get in the box because the, the linemen are all on the linebackers. And then once you bring the safety in the box, you open up yourself for play action. 
But the only good thing about that with us opening ourselves for play action, we got two darn good corners back there that can play a little bit of main. But as far as that, our front seven, I think Evan Neal's going to be tested. Either it's going to be oh, he's going to deal with Oway or going to deal with JPP. And JPP has been playing lights out. To I'd be, be worried about that. Yeah. I'd be worried about that matchup. Evan yeah. Neal versus either Oway or JPP, whichever one he's on. And I like Evan Neal. Evan Neal is a great prospect, but they got to destroy him. Just like JPP was killing whoever 71 was for the Bengals. Huber, I think. Lay out, lay out, lay out. Collins. Well, it was Collins yeah. from old Cowboy yeah. Collins. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was murking that cat, and he need the same performance. Whoever has the um the rookie, they just got to go up because whatever rookie we got, like if Hamilton's in there, I'm probably sure they're gonna go up. If Pepe's in there, they're gonna go up. Just like uh, the Dolphins with Jalen Norman Davis started that game. They passes went straight. Not the Dolphins, the Patriots. They went straight at Jalen Norman Davis because he was covering um Devontae Parker for some strange reason. So we really got to take advantage of where. You know their weakest link, and he said they got a good O line. Find the root, abuse the root. Yeah, and I, I'd worry about JPP in that instance. Just veteran, like you don't have to be at the highest level of your game right now. Veteran players, they know, they know, they know how to rotate the moves, right? They know how to how to disrupt, how to throw a young player off his game. You go back uh, to the Dallas matchup. That's where Evan Neal looked his worst. The Giants were so worried, as they should be, about the second year linebacker whose name shall not be mentioned because we wanted the Giants to draft him a couple years ago. Um, so worried about him, you ended up leaving Evan Neal out on an island to get abused by Lawrence. It was like, you know, hey, we get it. We get there's problems here. But mm-hmm. you, you're literally, they let him get abused. So they did a much better job, I think, trying to protect him. But again, putting an extra tight end out there. We had instances in that game, by the way, where the whole goal was to line a tight end up in the backfield in a fullback position and have him chip. And then he chose to run right past and not even bother chipping. So there's, there's, still, there's still breakdowns for this offensive unit at times as well. Uh, yeah, uh, so we're going to do one more uh, segment that we get out of here. Let's go to Ravens receivers versus the Giants DBs. I'm going to let you start, AJ. Uh, is I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything on Bateman yet. Um, you know, is he is he still in the walking boot? Well, I haven't heard anything, but um, of course we know what he brings to the table. Uh, like I said, there's going to be a lot of man coverage going on. So here's the thing. I feel like Bateman, du- DuVernay is stepping up tremendously. You know what I'm saying? Like he's doing this thing and pretty much we lining them up everywhere on the office now. Um, you know, Demarcus Robinson to me, he needs to get more time this game. Um, so you got Bateman, you got DuVernay. Uh, if, if Bateman can't go, um, then of course you're going to have DuVernay, Robinson, Prochet and Wallace, but it's going to be a lot of man coverage. Um, I feel like they're going to double up on uh, Mark Andrews or they might let him go as a free runner, but um, you cannot, you know, go out there and because I'm gonna tell you one thing, Duvernay's speed and and I seen it on uh this past Bengals game when we fumbled the snap and he picked it up, he was gone. I don't know if he he went from like first gear to fourth gear, and I was like, <laughs> I I mean, you know, he fast, but just to to be Told able to it. pick that ball up and just the way he just took off and he just outran everybody right there, I was like, man, I didn't know he was that fast, but you know, we seen it because we know he returned the kickoffs. But uh, looking at him, I was like, that's hard to pick that snap up. And he's, he kept his head up and just seen it, and he hit it. First gear to fourth gear, and he was gone. So um, I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I, I like how we're using him. But, you know, I get excited, but then I go back to Greg Roman play calling, man, for, for personnel. And, it, and it, just, it just shoot my hopes down. It just make me feel like we don't have a chance with developing these guys and seeing what we have because, like I said earlier, 
We say we want receivers, but we don't even use the receivers we have. Mm-hmm. Hey, not to cut you off, but you said it earlier. Now you said something earlier, and I thought about this. And then when you said that point again, being a high school dude, Greg Roman does what we try to do on our level, and all we try to do is have three or four plays and make it look different. Yep, and that's what personnel does. That's what he does in the NFL, and that crap don't work. Like you look at the run plays, it's like the same four or five run plays. It's just uh, maybe Mark Andrews on the right and Pat Ricard over here, or then you do out of trips, or then you do out of full back ball, full house, and you motion them out. But it's the same three or four plays, just with some window dressing. In high school, it works because you know kids can't really adjust to different things. But in the NFL, them cats coming, and like you say, he got he got Greg Roman is he's the the weakest link. Well, but I gotta say, Bateman, the, uh, Bateman didn't practice to to bring it up. The DNP didn't practice. Okay. okay. Well, I so I can give you guys. I can give you some good. Uh, so the, the first thing is you got knee neck for Dory Jackson. He was limited on Wednesday. You got the rookie Cordell Flot. He's got a calf. He was limited on Wednesday as well. Now the the, the real thing you're going to be concerned with though, we got Fabian Moreau out there at one cornerback spot. Uh, you may get a little bit of Nick McLeod through him in the mix last week. He was out there at starting reps for this team. The interesting thing to me for you know in terms of what ends up balancing this out sometimes for where where a wide receiver group is the giants are probably you mentioned aj about putting a, a, any type of doubles it's going to be really hard to give a second guy in coverage on anyone because they're so thin in behind so you know the the drop off in quality of single coverage if dory jackson's playing well that solves one of your problems but if not you're talking about on a rep to rep basis down to down basis you don't know who might not be able to accomplish what's being asked of them so then it goes back to me to the safety group for the Giants. You have Xavier McKinney. He is taking that next huge step underneath Wink Martindale for sure. I, I'll say one thing. Wink Martindale has taken Julian Love, who we, we thought maybe wouldn't necessarily be a part of this roster, made him a leader, made him a starting safety. He's taken uh, Oshane Eximenez, a guy that we thought would be cut, turned him into a guy that's filled in in the absence of Aziz Ojolari, filled in in the absence of Kayvon Thibodeau, been a key contributor for this defense. Like, he has just elevated so many players that from the previous regime we would have thought would have been non-factors. Um, but but that secondary and that back end, McKinney, Love, and then you get into the rookie, Dane Belton, uh, who's been out there for them now. He Some of the similar problems you mentioned, Coach, gets there. Doesn't always necessarily get the tackle down, but he's flying around. He's an instinctual player. Wink has really praised his quick development and his mental acumen. So I think you're going to see a lot of the safeties getting involved in some of these back end scenarios. I, I, you know, I hate to say you're going to live with Tay Crowder on Mark Andrews at times, but you're going to have to. The Giants don't have a lot of depth there. Darian Beavers, rookie draft pick, goes down in training camp. Micah McFadden, rookie, not necessarily experienced enough. That's not his role. He's a he's a, a bullet going down towards the backfield. So they don't really have a lot of guys that can do that. Oddly enough, Ward, ageless wonder that he is. He can, I tell you what, again, it wasn't lose. It, it was high expectations from a veteran leadership. This dude does it all. Like he can do it all. He 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 is yeah. obviously incredibly effective against the run. He can pressure the quarterback at times, and he's shown enough enough to get out there in space and cover when he needs to. And we talk about a guy like Mark Andrews from that, you know, line of scrimmage to seven, eight yards. I'm not putting him downfield, although we see him do it a couple of times, Like you can trust him to do that. So one-on-one matchups are the way the giants, I think are going to approach this and then try to let those safeties be the dynamic playmakers. One thing they haven't been able to do 
is forcing turnovers. And that, to me, might be one of the biggest factors of this game. Do they get an errant pass from Lamar? Can they force a fumble on a running back? That could be the changing tide here. AJ, you mentioned that game oh. with um, uh, Harrison, when he what he did with Tennessee. It was him and Jihad that really set the tone that game. Uh, yeah, and that, that, was, that was week one. I could not believe it. Could not you know believe what saying, what the, the Ravens, when we beat Tennessee in the playoff game that AJ talked about earlier, thing. when Malik was – him and Jahar Ward, they went nuts that game versus Derrick Henry. That, um, I got a question for you, Adam, because I, I know we got AJ Klein, but I never understood what, why did y'all release Blake Martini? I know he was coming off the ACL injury. Um, you know, he and he did get picked up because we was looking at him until we brought him in. But then you guys went out and got uh Jalen Smith. Um, and I feel like to me, Jalen Smith could be a cover linebacker, um, to be out there to you know to help. I'm not sure if he if he's starting right now, but um, just wanted to touch on that real quick. No, no, it's actually a good thing you, you bring him back up. Jalen Smith, the Giants picked him up last year late in the season after he was let go by Dallas, came in, immediately started getting reps, looked good, like looked competent. Took him a while. I, I called for them to bring him in the offseason. They didn't bring him back. They finally did, immediately inserted in. He is the right type of player for Wink Martindale's system. He's right in the middle of that linebacking core as well, and he gives them that more athleticism. Tay Crowder was Mr. Irrelevant in his draft class. We had him starting. He's played admirably. Again, Looks way better now under Wink than he ever did in previous regimes, and you didn't want to expose him like that. So uh, Jalen Smith has been phenomenal in that role for sure. The the Blake Martinez thing, I, I think what it comes down to, likewise uh, with a player uh, like Logan Ryan, who not a bad player, was given a sizable contract from the previous GM, they, they were willing to sacrifice that. Um, James Bradbury, not a bad player, would have been hard to keep his money on the books but they let him go and took a big financial hit there. Most of it seems to come down to we want guys that are buying into to the new the new regime, the new coaching staff, the new way of doing things. And Logan Ryan was a Joe Judge guy. He was a Gettleman mm. guy. Uh, Blake Martinez, likewise. He was a Patrick Graham guy, defensive coordinator. So I think there was some push and pull of that. Um, but it was a little bit surprising because Blake did take a, a pay reduction. They reduced and restructured his salary ahead so he could stick around. And then I think ultimately it was the perfect timing where they let go of him. And I think within six days, Darian Beavers went down with the injury. And when they drafted him in the sixth round of the draft on draft day, I thought that they got a guy that could have been taken in the fourth round. A lot of people say with, with COVID and everything that went on, scouting was a lot more difficult over the last couple of seasons, not a lot of in-person opportunities. So I think he was going to plug in and be the starter he goes down, and you probably opened a void. You maybe would have been okay with leaving Blake in at least for a season. Mm -hmm. okay. uh, mm. uh, the, my, my take for the receivers versus the DBs, uh, like I said, uh, you guys got some injuries there. Like you said, Cordell Flyd, uh, Adore Jackson is banged up. You know, then you guys cut, uh, you know, James Bradbury, you know, for the season stuff. So. Scrub. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, <laughs> uh, we—that's how good we were. We knew it. We knew it ahead of time. We said, "Who needs these guys?" Then he goes to the Eagles. Yeah, he yeah. did. Of course he did. Went right to the yeah. Eagles. We haven't seen him yet, and I'm not very excited about that. If I'm being honest. Right, but um, you know, so our guys like Duvernay and Prochet and Demarcus Robinson—they have to win their matchups. As I said earlier on, you guys' the show, that's just gonna make life easier on Lamar and make life easier on Mark Andrews and make life easy on J.K. Dobbins because now he don't got to see a nine and ten-man front the whole entire game. So if them guys can go up there and make plays, that's going to keep – make we got to play honest and not just say, you know what, I'm going to take away Andrews. I'm just going to go cover zero and all that. And so far this year we have been 
picking apart that cover zero look because Belichick tried that a little bit. We 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 burned them. So, you know, they have to win a one-on-one matchups. And they got it. And Lamar has to spread the ball around. Don't just fall in love with Andrews. Like, look for Demarcus Robinson. Look for Crochet. Look for Tyler Wine. Uh, and, and Isabella, if he's out there. So, just, just spread the ball around. The um the um, Bengals tried that zero blitz crap um, at the end of the game. Like, with that, that drive that we got the field goal to win it, their first mm-hmm. two or three plays, they were in that stuff. Lamar checked out the first one and threw it to Andrews in the flats. Uh, something that I think we ran the ball and got a nice chunk of change out of it. They got out of it real quick, real quick. So I think I think Lamar and Roman has a plan versus that look because two or three different people, like you said, Billichek tried it. The Bengals tried it at the end of the game. I guess as a uh, guess maybe a surprise to try to stop us from going down and getting that that yardage we needed. But I think they put together a plan. Enough in that Dolphins week where the the other stuff is in the back of their head. So if I see it again, I know to check to this or to try to run this. And you know, I give him credit for that. And just give Dwayne credit anyway. Even though I dislike the scheme he's in, he has gotten better at some things this year. And he's called some some decent games, you know. But he's just better. He ain't garbage juice like he was last year. But he's better. He ain't good either though. I seen I seen yeah. enough highlights of uh of deep balls that just haven't quite connected from Lamar to some of these receivers too. Like sometimes that feels like too is a little bit perception. I think maybe it was last week I was seeing some of the highlights where just Lamar just overthrows a couple of guys, right? A couple of deep balls. What is you know, what is that? Half a yard? Half a yard difference between a big dynamic play and, and the Ravens being up, which by the way is a big factor too. Mm-hmm. The defense that's 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 evolving, that has young players, that has a new coordinator there. Playing from ahead always helps, right? Yeah. Playing from behind and trying to to make a big play, trying to make an impact play, usually ends up leaving you more exposed. So game script matters. It's mattered for the Giants every single week, and I think this one, especially with Lamar, it's going to be paramount. Yeah, man. Oh, man. All right. Um, you know, we're about to wrap it up. So go ahead, uh, Coach. You got any closing remarks? Um, I just kind of talk about overall what I think is going to happen. I think um. You guys are the game plan for both teams are going to try to be simple. We're going to play you man because you only you neither one of us have great receivers. Uh, and then once you show you can beat man, then we'll play basically regular football, which will open the run game up for us. But uh, it's it's really going to be a you know Wink versus his his roommate uh, <laughs> Martin. I mean not Martin versus um Roman. Roman. And, you know he gonna, you know he going to blitz a lot, and it's just if he if he play in a lot of zone. He knows something because all I've known him to do is just blitz, blitz, blitz. Maybe hit you with a zone blitz where the lineman drop out every now and then and play a lot of man. I don't think he has the personnel to do it. I haven't watched a ton of his games, but I just know based off what he did in Baltimore, he, he blitzed a lot and not necessarily in high-value high situations. Like you said, y'all hurt on the back end. We were hurt on the back end last year, and he still kept the same philosophy. Never adjust. That, that's why I was, you know, quickly, that's why I was surprised, like, when the Giants brought him in, mostly because my premise was, well, he didn't seem like he figured anything out. Like, there wasn't a lot of adjusting at the back end of the season for the Ravens. I, maybe it was just everybody got tired of one another. Now, in, the in difference regard, is but. his head coach is a defensive guy, too. Yeah. That's the difference. We love, we love he having couldn't, he couldn't get no. He couldn't get no input from Harbaugh. Harbaugh know about kicking field goals and running down on punts. He, he can get input from Dabo. That's interesting because I will say because Kafka has mentioned as has Martindale, but the communication with them has been good. Um, Dable allegedly has been in Kafka's ears throughout the games, going, "I'd like more Saquon, please, more Barkley." More Barkley. He has to remind Kafka, like, "I know you're, you want to spread it out. You came from Kansas City. You want to do those dynamic things." Saquon Barkley is our best player. 
That's how we win the game. So there's been that level of he's not calling the plays, but he's definitely dipping his toe in there throughout the game and just saying, this is what I'd like to see. All right. Um, go ahead, Adam. Your closing remarks. Uh, listen, I, I did call for the Giants to win over the Packers in London last week. I thought it was going to be a little bit lower scoring than it turned out to be. Some of the decisions that were made by the Packers played into the Giants' plans um, and really helped them in the second half. But if Daniel Jones can grow on that game, and I don't whether it's the cast, you know, the, 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 the Rascals or whoever they got out there at the wide receiver group, if they can find ways to be productive enough in the passing game, and I'm talking about throw for 195 to 215 yards, like that's enough. Use his legs, pick up a couple key first downs. It's really hard for me to look at this team and think they can't be in games. Um, it's going to come down to what de this defense does, though. I, coach mentioned it. What does Wink do? How does he approach containing Lamar? Something the Giants defensively have done a really good job of is keeping almost everything in front of them. So if they're making big plays, it's those crossing routes over the middle and the run after the catch, right? 15 to 20-yard passing routes that go for big plays. I think Andrews could be a big part of that. And it's just going to come to that closing speed, smart tackling, right? Breaking down in your stance, wrapping guys up. The Giants play another smart football game. I, I think this comes down to, like every other game, final possession of the game, fourth quarter, either they're up by three, they're down by six, but they're going to be in a position to potentially win this game. It's just going to come down to execution. And I, I think at least right now, in this moment of the season, the Ravens are a far more talented team than the Giants are, but the Giants have executed far better over the first five weeks of the season, I would say. All right, AJ, you're closing remarks. You there, AJ? Uh, let me see. Matt, can, can you all hear me? Because my it looked yeah. like it was going in yeah. and out. Was it? Yeah, we got yeah. you. Give us your, clo your closing remarks. Let me see. Hold on. You good? He's building suspense. <laughs> yeah. Um. So <clears throat> it's going to be a good game. I feel like. Um. Let me see. Is it working? Yeah. yeah. You, you good? Put put it in the comment. Can you hear me? Yes, okay. Okay. Yeah. It's. It's. I feel like it's going to be a good game. Uh, fast personnel. Um. I'm. I was going to say it's going to come down to coaching. Um. Now I feel like we need to promote Isaiah Mack off the practice squad, and Brett Urban needs to be a scratch this game, just so we can have an extra heavy body in there, uh, to go along with uh Roderick Washington and uh Calais and uh Travis Jones. Um, like we said, it's going to be a lot of man. Uh, it's just going to we're going to see who who has the better man, um, you know, what's going to happen. Um, you know, I feel like we need to focus on uh, try to run the ball uh, if we can. And here's my thing. We got to change the play calling up. Don't come out there, you know, what I'm saying with the same old passes and same personnel. Like, let's see what these receivers got, especially if Bateman don't play. Prochet needs time. I mean, Robinson needs time. We need to come out there. Uh, and get them, you know, what they need. Uh, for Saquon, the key is uh, just just when you get them, stop them. You know, shoot the line, make it happen. Uh, Oway is definitely going to get a test this week. You know what I'm saying? Going one-on-one. -on -one. We're going to see um, if he really can actually come up with some pass rush moves to get in the backfield and make a tackle uh, to get a sack. And we're going to have to watch out for Daniel Jones because, like I mentioned earlier, he can't run. And the thing about him, when he, when he gets – out there, he's gone. You know, he gets that second level. I've seen him take some read options to the house. I've seen him get multiple first downs on just running the ball. So uh, we got to stay focused. We got to stay disciplined and uh, tackling. I'm going to say it, tackling, tackling. 
Okay, must have uh, must have cut out. Uh, my closing remarks, uh, like I said, we gotta uh, play smart football. Uh, move the chains. Keep keep the Giants' offense on the sideline. Because you know Saquon can't beat you if he's not on the field. Uh, all bar, take your points. Uh, don't be trying to play renegade ball, as I like to say, man. You, you know, last week you you did right by taking a field goal. Justin Tucker came out, won the game. You got one of the best kickers of all time. So use that to your advantage. Uh, I think it's going to be a gritty game, a slug it out game. The Giants are a much improved football team. Uh, my final prediction for this game, I'm going to go 23-20 Ravens. Well, everyone, um, you know, uh, that's it for this episode. Y'all can listen to it on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff like that. Like I said, you can check out Coach on Sip Two Tallies. Uh, he, you know, he does a Ravens roundtable every Monday night around like 8.30 Eastern, I believe. So y'all can go check him out. Make sure y'all subscribe to his channel. And, and Adam, him and Andy, you know, the One Giants podcast, you know, go check them out. Even if you're not a Giants fan, but they still talk good football over there. So go subscribe to them as well. And, then, you know, me and AJ, we do our thing here Monday and Wednesday, 5.30 Eastern. So y'all can check us out as well. All right, everyone. Um, You know, that's it for episode uh, seven. Uh, have an amazing Wednesday. Uh, we'll be back Monday when we got engraving vids on here, uh, you know, doing the game recap on here. So, like I always say, man, always make sure you guys trade. That means talking Ravens all day, every day, man. From your host, Justin P., co-host AJ, coach Sip Tutali, and my guy, Adam Albright from One from One Giants Podcast. Love you guys. Have an amazing Appreciate week. It. I enjoyed it. We will see y'all Monday, Monday evening.